Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back. We are back. NFL season 2022 underway officially. The long wait is over. Feels like it's been over a year and it's only been what? Seven months since the last time we got some competitive NFL football. Oh, in week one, does it ever disappoint? No, it doesn't. It, it exceeded, you know, all the expectations we've been waiting for all offseason with the juicy storylines, quarterbacks playing all their former teams just one season ago that they played with, traded to new teams. Oh, what a lovely showing for week one. You know how it always goes. We're going to have our Clutch Player of the Week. We have the pre a preview of Thursday night football between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, we're going to you know, go over some of these week one games, how they all turned out. That Monday night football game we had last night. Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, that hostile environment of the 12th man. And we'll get into some NFL headlines, some big injury news, and what better way to start than the unfortunate injuries of, you know, two-star players for uh, some historic franchises. We have Dak Prescott, who had surgery yesterday on his thumb. It was said to be six to eight weeks, almost two months. But it looks like Dallas is not even going to have to put him on the IR. They're going to wait this thing out. Dak, hopefully back on the timeline that they now have, which is four to six weeks. He could potentially be back for the October 9th game against the Rams, which you're going to want him for that game. But um, we'll break it down as far as that matchup against Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. And then TJ Watt is going for a second and third opinion on his torn pec now Tomlin is hopeful that Watt won't miss the rest of the season um, I think this is why they're kind of going for a second opinion uh, they just you know want to make sure that all the information they have is correct and make a more concrete assessment on TJ Watt um, obviously these two injuries are huge for Dallas your star quarterback who basically has been I would say your best player probably um, since coming into the league. I know he's kind of been up and down. Everybody wants to make jokes. You know, him and Kirk Cousins are basically the same player. Uh, but again, when we break down that Sunday night football game, it didn't seem like Dak getting hurt really was going to make any difference. Um, I have a lot of questions on this Dallas team, um, I, which, you know, I, I did in the offseason as they lost a couple pieces. And obviously now, um, with some offensive line injuries, uh, things you know are definitely looking down on the Dallas Cowboys. But T.J. Watt, you know he he tears tears his pec. 
in in that game against the Bengals, that thriller that we got week one. I mean, like I said, week one doesn't disappoint at all. Pitt, Cincinnati, go to overtime, seemed like nobody really wanted to win the game. Um, Boswell hits that field goal as time expires. But yeah, TJ Watt, I mean, this is why he's the reigning defensive player of the year. He made his presence known. He had a, a couple sacks. He had an interception on Joe Burrow. You know, this re-calibrated you know calibrated offensive line of the Bengals that they focused on so much this offseason and really had nothing to show for it. Like I said, T.J. Watt, he had one sack, uh, three tackles for loss, uh, two pass deflections, you know that? And, and obviously that interception. So um, that is going to be a huge piece on that Pittsburgh defense. And, and if he does come back before the end of the season, that's definitely a positive. But not having him for a big chunk, I mean, he, he makes that defense go. I know Minka on the back back end is another captain and focal point on that defense but obviously the pass rusher getting to that quarterback is kind of what the NFL is all about now and when you don't have arguably the best pass rusher in the league healthy and on your team to go up up against especially the AFC North which everybody got wins obviously except for Cincy um, I mean, we almost had a tie and almost no losses for the AFC North uh, this past weekend. But, you know, Baltimore is going to be right there with Lamar. You're going to have to get uh, get after him. Uh, Joe Burrow, we, we saw they were able to do. But, again, even after all of that, Burrow still almost led a comeback. And, I, honestly, the Bengals should have won that game, um, which I'll, I'll get into that too. But, uh, yeah, T.J. Watt, that's going to be a huge miss. Uh, you know, that he, he – he attracts double teams. You know, he attracts double teams um, when he's past rushing, so it, it, it frees up some of his other teammates, um, which, again, like Highsmith, three sacks. And, you know, how much of that has to do with T.J. Watt's impact um, being out there on the field, you know. So, yeah, that's going to be a rough loss. Hopefully T.J. Watt gets back, you know, hopefully before December, but I'm not too sure on that. I, maybe if Pittsburgh is in the playoff hunt, They'll, they'll force him back a little quicker, but I think if they're out of it, might as well just keep him out for the year, have him recover, and, and come back strong next year because I think next year Pittsburgh's going to be really solid. Um, and then as far as Dak Prescott, listen, I, I guess it's the best news they could have gotten because it did look bad. It looked like it was going to be a two-month a, a, you know absent, absence for uh, Dak Prescott, and he was going to m- miss a big chunk of time and some – you know, key time for this Dallas Cowboys team, which does not look good or didn't look good at least opening night. But again, week one, full of surprises, full of some ups and downs for a lot of these teams. It's basically their preseason, uh, if you want to get technical. And now with that bye week, um, one less preseason game, and really the majority of the starters not playing really at all. Um, some of the young, younger guys obviously play a little bit more than the vets, and it, you, you just see it week one. I mean, you know, Green Bay and Minnesota, a perfect example. Rodgers timing w- with those receivers, but obviously, again, that game will break down as well. But it's just week one woes for all these teams. Uh, but we're going to move on to Monday Night Football. That huge game, and Russell Wilson. Well, well, well. 
How the turntables. Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle, that 12th man. Now, I, I didn't think they would boo him. I mean, th this man brought you a Super Bowl, um, damn near almost two. Uh, and it just, you know, I was kind of surprised to see the boos. But, again, he, he kind of wanted his way out of there. So they kind of feel betrayed in, in a sense. But, and Wilson did not look bad at all. He threw for 340 yards. That offense was moving. I believe they only punted once that whole entire game. And obviously the ending it didn't go very well in that Hackett had some whew, rookie coach mistakes there with the time management. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking there. He, he, he was calling a great game. Denver, you know, you, you, fall, you fumble twice on your goal line. And I know everybody's clamoring, oh, you're paying Russell Wilson $250 million to, you know, close the game out, make that fourth and five. But in my eyes, after the first goal line fumble, I'm putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands on fourth and goal, uh, third and goal, whatever it is, and I'm, I'm throwing. I, I want him to make the plays with his arm and his legs. I mean, he, he, he should have been in control of that, and they would have probably scored more points. They left... A few touchdowns or a couple touchdowns on the board, off the board. I'm sorry, and yeah, the, obviously Nathaniel Hackett wanting to kick that field goal at the end, that didn't make any sense. You had all three timeouts. I don't understand why you would not allow Russ to try to get you closer. McManus, it's not like it's in Denver where, where the high altitude helps, you know, carry the ball a little further. I, I just, I don't know. It was a big head-scratcher at the end. If you don't get the fourth down, you still had three timeouts. You could have gotten the ball back. Another opportunity if if you missed the fourth and five. And with that, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks weren't even moving the ball that well in the second half. Everything was in the first half. So I think the Denver's defense really tightened up, and you could have made a stop. If you couldn't make the fourth and five and let Russ go down the field with a brand new set of downs, you know, deep pass, all this. And yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, I know he's getting crushed today. Again, I still believe if they do not fumble twice on the goal line, we wouldn't even be talking about a field goal attempt for 64 yards from a guy who hasn't hit one past 60, I think, in five years. So you know, some most of the blame is going to go on Hackett with that, which I agree as far as the time management, you need to be better. Like I said, three timeouts left, fourth and five. It was over a minute, but he let the clock wind all the way down. And, yeah, I just I, I think that they could have potentially just won the game in Russ's hands. I, I think they should have did that. Uh, but, listen, Seattle won. The 12th man was going to be ready hostile environment and again like i said week one always gives you surprises nobody gave seattle a chance geno smith doing his best russell wilson impression leads the seahawks to victory pete carroll obviously a small victory being able to kind of stick it to russ for wanting to leave and just how he coached throughout the years with russell there 
some say you know they didn't get along as well as other coaching quarterbacks, uh, which you know always always happens. So uh, yeah, I just really don't know how to come away with it other than I think Hackett's going to fix the mistakes with the time management and the, and just how he handled the end of the game and I, honestly throughout the game I think he's going to learn listen we're paying Russ let him win us these games or lose us the games like give give have trust trust in Russ you know let him cook uh, but again and another weird thing was Javante Williams I thought was getting yards whenever he wanted to he had an average i believe almost seven yards a carry um and only ran the ball seven times i believe they left gordon out there a lot and javante williams it's hard to get him down he breaks tackles and i i thought if they would have just ran the ball a little more uh early on in the game they would have had a chance but uh yeah they just got away from that i seattle too they, they stopped running the ball i'm penny Really didn't do much in the second half. He he looked like he he was gonna have an over 100 yard game. Javante Williams, I thought he was gonna have an over 100 yard game. And I, Gordon had five yards carry too. He was doing well in there. They keep him in there for the passing game. Just but Javante was just doing so well. I thought they should have fed the beast. Uh, they kind of did this last year. Javante was the hot hand, and and they got away from him. So again, week one. Kind of your last preseason game, first full preseason game with all your starters playing together. And there were some bright spots. I mean, Sutton, Judy, both having some great games. Denver using the three tight ends. I, I liked what I saw from Denver. I, I know, again, they're, they're getting crushed today, but they're going to be really solid. That defense is scary. They're going to be a tough matchup to go against. Let's move on to the Sunday night football game. As mentioned earlier, Dak Prescott had surgery Monday and new timeline, he's gonna be out four to six weeks, hopefully back again against that the Rams uh, October 9th, I believe I said. So that game was kind of a snooze, <laughs> a little snooze fest. Boring, Tom Brady, had that long absence in in the offseason dealing with some per, personal or in the preseason sorry dealing with some personal things at home and i it showed a little rust but boy is it not good to see Julio Jones back i mean i don't know if he's back back listen he deals with injuries a lot he's never fully healthy for a full season but when he is healthy he is one of the best receivers still in this league and Tom Brady does great with weapons and now with Chris Godwin luckily him going out in that game that injury is not as serious as they originally thought so maybe he'll be back next game but I think they should play it slow you have plenty of weapons on that offense Fournette looked fantastic picking up where he left off last year Mike Evans caught that touchdown but they got to fix that red zone scoring Uh, you Dallas to me I know on paper, they might look good defensively. I just don't trust in them defensively at all. They have Micah Parsons. That's basically it. I know Dexter Lawrence is still there. The line is beat up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so that caused them to kind of settle for some field goals in the red zone. But Trayvon Diggs, I'm telling you, he is overrated as a corner. He 
There's a reason why he led the league in picks. It's because everybody is not afraid to throw at him because he gives up big plays. And I think if you can just keep going at him, people are going to score some points. And, boy, I, I can't wait to get the depth free pick three pick this week um, against the Bengals, against the Cowboys. That's definitely going to be on there. But I, Brady, you know, knocking a little rust up. He still looked good. He was placing the ball in great spots. He missed a few guys open, but... Overall, that's to be expected, missing the entire preseason. I know he played the last game, but he missed a big chunk. The play calling is different. Timing is different. It's NFL speed, regular season speed. So um, I, I expect the Bucks to still be solid. And with the NFC being as wide open as it is, the Bucks defensively looked good. I know it's Dallas, and Dallas offensively, I, I told you, the Amari Cooper Departure is going to be huge, a huge miss for this Dallas Cowboys offense because that was Dak's security blanket. And Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in this league, and he can create separation. And that is something we did not see from CeeDee Lamb. I, I, you know, a couple of the other young receivers that they have, I, I saw some bright spots in there, but it just doesn't look like guys can get separation. And now with their backup tackle uh, rookie who ended up covering for Tyron Smith he moved from guard to tackle he got hurt so that Dallas line is kind of getting in you know they're going into shambles here and it's going to be rough going ahead these next few weeks and I mean this season they're they're going to be going up against some good competition luckily the division that they're in is a little easier but uh, to me I just listen I, I predicted Dallas would be missing the playoffs. I got the Eagles winning this division. That was before anything week one happened, so um, I'm sticking with that. But, yeah, that game, uh, Dak just did not look good pre-injury. And just the Dallas was not moving the ball at all. And, you know, listen, Zeke, they try. I know Jones wants him to be a focal point in this offense. I think you got to stick with Pollard. He has more just juice and more explosiveness. We saw it last year. Um, and with that line, you're going to have to run the ball more. And now with Cooper Rush getting the start, um, listen, if, if Dak was going to be out for that two months, I was going to suggest, I know everybody's talking about uh, Tyler Huntley and Jimmy Garoppolo and Gardner Minshew to, to get as backup. But I was thinking, why not trade for Trubisky? If the Steelers, I, I think the Steelers could just kind of get away with one. If you could trade Trubisky to the Cowboys and have – Pickett start, because what, what I saw from Pickett in the preseason, I think he should be the Pittsburgh starter. But, yeah, Dallas at least got lucky. Four to six weeks for Dak, he'll be back. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of things I did not like from the Dallas Cowboys and even some struggles from the Tampa Bay offense. But I still think they're going to be putting up points. It's Tom Brady. He's probably in his last year. He, he's going to go out on top. I don't know if that's a Super Bowl, but he's definitely going to look good this year. All right, now moving on to this 49ers at Chicago Bears, the monsoon game, that field was just flooded, it looked like. I never seen puddles that big. I never seen a, a group squeegee off the field with these squeegees. So, again, I don't think you can really judge too much on that game as far as Trey Lance goes, even though... I have said all along, I think Jimmy should get the start, play that contract out. It doesn't hurt to let Trey Lance, who's 22, sit, learn for another year, 
gain that experience, see what Jimmy does to lead this team to the NFC Championship, lead them to the Super Bowl. Just let him learn, take notes. And I, I don't know why Shanahan and Lynch want to rush this thing. I get it. Lance looked good in the first half. He was 7 for 11 to start that game. The accuracy issues looked good, but then once that monsoon picked up, he went 6 for 17 the rest of the way, and those accuracy issues kind of picked up. And it's a small sample size, 99 throws, but he's completing less than 55% of it, and, and that's not good. So I, I definitely want to see us take advantage of that Seattle Seahawks defense next week because Seattle, I, I think they were just extra juiced up. It was Russell Wilson coming back. They had the 12th man behind him. That crowd was into it last night. Uh, so I, I think that the Niners should be able to kind of win this one handedly, get to Geno Smith. I, I think the defense for the Niners is going to be able to attack and kind of pin their ears back. We're going to see a couple sacks from Bosa, I believe, in, in that game. But I, I just think the Niners can dominate that Seattle offense, you know, pretty handedly. And I think the offense can move the ball. Uh, if the weather is nice and it's not raining, I think the Niners, we're going to get a full grasp of this Niners offense in week two. It's just it's some things were, you know, sloppy. We weren't running the ball with Mitchell early on in the game, and he he started off seven yards a carry, I think, on his first four or five carries. And then we, we kind of started running with Debo, all these shotgun handoffs, all these options. I, I get it. That's why Trey Lance is there. He gives you that other element to play the option game. But another big thing, I mean, these Niners could have easily won this game. Three drives, all three touchdown drives by the Bears were extended by 49ers penalties. On third down, you know, there was that face mask. There was the unnecessary roughness on fields. Um, it, these led to touchdowns, and they extended these drives for the Bears, so I think that's going to be cleaned up. Again, week one, a lot of sloppy play all around the league. These guys are getting the feel for game speed, and again, with those conditions, there were a couple calls I did not agree with, especially that unnecessary roughness going out of bounds. I, I believe it was Greenlaw. You know, he let up. He didn't even really hit fields in the head. Bears fans were even agreeing. I mean, what are you supposed to do? It, it's so wet. They slid, but that, they were saying on the broadcast, they called that game tight throughout the whole entire game. It, it just, every little thing the refs were, you know, calling. They, they, I don't know why everything was tight that game, but um, a lot of these penalty calls, uh, I just, I didn't agree with. And, um, you know, Fields th throws that interception to Hufanga, who, which a f if there's anything the Niners can take out of that game is, wow, how how much Hufunga popped off the TV. He he was downhill. He was in damn near every single play uh, for the Niners, and he caused a lot of loss of yards uh, and, and some good open field tackles. So I really liked what I saw from him. I think the Niners' defense... They were getting crushed in, in that play-action game for sure in the second half. I think they kind of weren't expecting the Bears to throw as much as they did. That's kind of why a lot of guys were wide open, and we saw a lot of you know bites uh, on, on those play-action fakes. So um, I think that's another reason that, that uh, the weather conditions kind of dictated the game. You expect run because 
who's going to throw in this weather and, and you know fields is just able to find guys wide open and kind of make an easier throw and, and it's hard to you know mess up a, a wide open pass you know that that one he had across the field that was on play action to dante pettis so i, I think again weather permitting if it's sunny out i mean these guys are not going to be falling for these type of plays come week two against seattle and they're at home I think rain is in the forecast, but it, it, I doubt it's going to be a monsoon like it was in Chicago. But a lot I loved from Justin Fields. Fields has played in this rainy weather before. But again, I, I listen, this is who I wanted the Niners to, to draft. This is who I thought the Niners were going to draft when they traded up. They took Lance, whatever. I think both are going to be fine, but Lance just needs to be more consistent with the accuracy. I know his job's not on the line. It's his job. It's going to take a lot for him to lose it. But if the Niners do go 0-4, 0-5, I think you have to look at getting Jimmy in there. Uh, there's a, a video surfacing around. Trey Lance was on the ground, and an O-lineman basically ran away from him off the field and didn't help him up. I, I'm not going to read too much into that. I know you could say, well, they respect Jimmy and maybe not Lance. You know, Jimmy's proven himself and all this, and you know, which he has, but I just think, you know, it's it was just a weird game. And Lance popped right up, and I don't think he was really looking for anybody to help him. But uh, I just, if, if he can't beat Seattle and move the ball and, and score some points, it's, it's just gonna validate what I've been saying all along. I mean, the kid's 22 years old. Why are we rushing? Why are we quick to rush these young quarterbacks who don't have the college experience into starting? I, I don't understand. Shanahan and Lynch have plenty of plenty of like slack. Like they their jobs are not on the line anytime soon. So keep Jimmy in there. You have him under a contract for another year. Let this kid grow and Next year throw. I mean, I get it. You traded three first-round picks, but who cares? Just because you traded picks doesn't mean you have to throw this kid out when he's not ready right away. And, you know, the footwork is still there. It's still not there, I don't think, um, in the pocket. He's just quick to kind of bail and pull the ball down and run. Um, But, you know, but what are we going to do? He's in here. He's going to be playing. So I just think Shanahan's got to call the game a little bit better. Just run the ball. Run the ball. You can put those options in there. And RPOs, you had RG3, but RG3 coming out was a more accurate quarterback. Uh, You know, Kirk Cousins is a more accurate quarterback. Jimmy G's a more accurate quarterback. Matt Ryan's a more accurate quarterback. That's what Shanahan has succeeded with. A, a, a lot more pocket passers than these dual threat guys. Um, so I, I just think Shanahan week two, he'll come back. The team will be more disciplined. There won't be those stupid penalties that extend drives. And guys guys will be ready to come back for that. Uh, moving on to the Thursday night game. Going backwards here. Now, the Bills laid one on the Rams. And I think the Rams' offensive line woes obviously showed Von Miller dominated that front. And Noteboom, I 
he he was not ready at all for Von Miller. There was the the one where he, he just completely got pushed back by Von because Von Miller knew the I think it was a pass play before or the series before Von Miller rushed and Nopum really held his own on him, but he was he was going backwards and, and yeah he he just he he had Von Miller kind of you know dead to rights but then Von Miller used the bull rush the next time and just knocked him backwards and, and was able to get the sack on Stafford Stafford of course did not look well at all was at four interceptions three interceptions um, and and the thing is this game should have been probably forty five to ten the the mistakes on the Bills, the dropping of the pass, you know, went into the defender's arms, fumble by Jared Cook. He just, it was not good. It was not good. And, and the Rams had no run game at all. They couldn't move the ball. Um, it, it, Cooper Cup, it seemed like he was the only option. <sighs> Allen Robinson, I mean, he was on the field but didn't really have any presence there. You could see how much they miss Odell Beckham Jr., the Rams. He's able to get separation. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Great hands. And when all you have is Cooper Cup, it, you know, yes, he got his yards and his catches, but eventually it just it died out. And um, I, in no running game. I mean, Cam Akers, I was surprised that he wasn't even the starter. Jared Henderson, he, he had one drive that I think he ran well. And that was the drive, I believe, they scored uh, with Cooper Cup, and that was their only touchdown of the night. Uh, again, everybody is already crowning the Bills for the Super Bowl. Pump the brakes a little bit. This Rams team is a little older. They don't have the offensive line, and they don't have the weapons to go up against you know, a Bills defense who was actually missing their best cornerback in Tredavious White. So, a lot of positives for the Bills, but I still think, you know, everybody's got to cool it. I still have the Dolphins winning that division. I know that's a surprise, but I think the Bills, you know, definitely came out swinging. They had that game in the playoffs in the back of their head against Kansas City, still in there. They're waiting for their revenge. The first game against defending champs, giving it their all. And Josh Allen, though, it does look like he's going to be somewhat unstoppable because he can run the ball. He, uh, the, it's just he can do so much. He can throw the deep ball, and it's hard for a defense to stop that because if you don't have somebody spying, spying him, and, and your coverage is not as good on these receivers, and, and he could fit it in windows. I mean, look at the arm strength that he has. He was fitting it in some tight windows. But um, the Rams' first drive, you know, was a three and out. They, they just couldn't do anything all night. And it, it, when Buffalo didn't turn the ball over, they scored. They scored. And it's just it, it was hard to see an elite defense such as the Rams. I mean, Jalen Ramsey did not look like Jalen Ramsey at all. He did not look like a top cornerback in this league. I think as the season goes on, more reps, I think these guys are going to get back in their groove. Again, that was the first time these guys are playing since the Super Bowl. So I think we'll see a bounce back from the Rams next week in week two. Some other notable games. 
we had the Raiders versus the Chargers. Of course, we're going to be paying attention to the AFC West all year long. It's a gauntlet with all the talented QBs that they have in that division. The defenses are strong. Uh, Raiders couldn't get quite get past the Chargers. Chargers, Herbert, I mean, he, he's second in my MVP voting going into the year. I, I think Joe Burrow is going to have something to say about it. But Chargers look good. That defense, I feel, is going to be suffocating. I, I've said it all along, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be one of the strongest defenses in this league. Khalil Mack, all it takes is a little change of scenery, right? He had three sacks, forced fumble, and right now I know Bears fans are probably going to think that they're losing the trade. I, listen, Nagy was the reason why some of these players didn't look good. You kind of lose – some players – lose that fight when they know that they're not going to be winning any games. They don't want to play for that head coach. And Staley is just the opposite. I mean, he's a young, ready-to-go coach, believes in his team, puts so much confidence in them. And I just I think that is going to – and obviously playing opposite of Joey Bosa. It's just that defense is going to be so good. And they did that without J.C. Jackson. So I wonder if Devontae Adams would have had the game he had if J.C. Jackson was out there for the Chargers. But you still got Derwin James Jr. who signed that contract in the offseason. Um, and, man, this Chargers team, I'm telling you, is going to be the team. That's who I have winning that division. And on to the Raiders. The Raiders couldn't quite get that pass rush going. I know the Chargers have built that line very well, but the Raiders, at least the bright spot is Devontae Adams is not just reliant on Aaron Rodgers. He was able to get it done, 10 catches over a buck 25 and a touchdown. He he looked like he hasn't missed a beat, and him and Carr are going to be on the same page, and that, that thing's only going to get better as the season goes along. But Chargers hold off and, and win that game. Chiefs and the Cardinals. The criticism of Kyler not really being prepared and ready as far as studies go and the contract that we all made fun of him for, of them putting that little study clause in there, um, they did not look good at all. They were not ready. Cliff Kingsbury is definitely going to be on the hot seat this year. He might be the first coach out. Uh, that would be my prediction. Oh, him or Ron Rivera. Actually, no, I think Ron Rivera, he, he's going to be able to finish the season. I, I think it's it, Kingsbury's got to be on the hot seat you got to be on the hot seat. Um, but Mahomes, this is why he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, Tyreek Hill talking all that stuff, going to Miami. They didn't miss a beat. That offense is going to be even deadlier now that they get to spread it around to all these different weapons. You still have Kelsey, who, of course, dominated that Cardinals defense. Um, I, yeah, it, it's going to be fun watching the Chiefs this year. And that defense, which I, I was kind of bullish on, they're legit. I think that defense is actually better than they were last year, even though they lose Matthew um, and Traverse Ward. You miss some key guys, but they looked damn good against that Cardinals offense. Even though that offense, no D-hop, no more. It's just Kyler Murray, is he deserving of that contract? I don't think so, but kind of what are you going to do um, when there's really no other quarterbacks that give you kind of what Kyler does? But we'll see how the Arizona ends up in the end of the season. We got the Packers and Vikings, and the Vikings I got winning that division looked real damn good with O'Connell, uh, now the new head coach of the Vikings, doing some things that he did 
with the Rams, which I didn't see as much with the Rams on Thursday night. The motion with his receivers. Unbelievable how wide open Justin Jefferson was on basically every single pass that went his way. Green Bay had no answer. I know everybody's talking about that drop by Watson and the fourth and goal stop uh, on the Packers, but this Vikings offense is going to be one of the scariest offenses in the league. You have weapons galore, and it's just going to be, with the way O'Connell calls plays, it's going to be really difficult to stop the Vikings. It really is. You have two top, well, a top, what, three receiver in the league and another top 15 in Adam Thielen. And then obviously you pair that with Dalvin Cook who can kill you on the on the ground and in the passing game. O'Connell's going to basically bring new, new things to this offense that they've never seen. And it's just going to make things easier for Kirk Cousins. I'm telling you, they're going to win this division. I, I Green Bay's got some issues with the receivers that's that's not, that's going to take a while for them to figure out what Aaron Rodgers is in these young receivers the the chemistry he even said in the uh, pregame interview that him and Devontae they did some things communication things that they didn't even have to speak of they just knew what to do on the field to make make a play and, and get yards and that's that's something that is going to be hard to replace for the Green Bay Packers and that offense. You saw what Devontae did in in L.A. this past weekend without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be a big loss, and it obviously showed. But everybody's got to chill. It's Aaron Rodgers. The Packers will figure it out. That defense is still really damn good. Uh, but, they, they, yeah, they didn't look at as good. Uh, you know, one of the best secondaries in the league. I, I dub them as the best secondary in the league, and they definitely look foolish with not being able to contain Justin Jefferson. But that'll do it for the recap of more, more of the important games of last week. Now, we're, we're going to preview Thursday night. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Chargers, Chiefs in Kansas City. I, I think this is a stay away game as far as the betting world goes, but I'm 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 hopeful that the Chargers get it done. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine this year, but Chargers who have winning this division, uh, Keenan Allen's probably going to be out, and I still I trust that if J C Jackson gets back, I think that's just another piece for that defense uh, to to help stop Mahomes. Derwin James, whenever he plays, Kelsey does not play as well. So I think if you take away Patrick Mahomes' best weapon, it's going to be a struggle for that offense to move because, again, I don't think they have a running game. I, I really don't. So even if they're up, I think they're not going to be able to run out the clock uh, like any other team with a good running game could. And it's going to allow Chargers to stay in and come back and, and really put their foot, foot on the gas. But on the other side, I think the Chargers, they get a lead. They're able to run the ball. But when you got Justin Herbert at quarterback, and, and same thing with Patrick Mahomes, anything is possible. The game's never over, never out of reach, and these guys are just going to put their teams in the best position to win. I, I think I, I, I'm still going with the Chargers just based on their defense. I think although the Chiefs have done such a phenomenal job, they may, may, may have the best offensive line in the league right now uh, with all the guys that they brought in and drafted. I just still think the Chargers have just a little bit more on defense to be able to 
kind of stifle the passing game in the pass attack, which is the Chiefs. But we're going to see some things thrown out there that we haven't seen from the Chiefs probably ever. Some new plays, same with the Chargers, because these two teams know that they're the top dogs in this division. And what we got last year, I believe they split the series 1-1 in, in, in some thrilling games at that. Uh, there was that game where both teams kept going for it on fourth down. I hope we get that again this year. It just made the game more exciting and more enjoyable to watch. So it is fun that for the first Thursday night football game of the year, Thursday night football, because technically last Thursday it was Sunday night football on Thursday night. But for our first Thursday night football game of the year, we couldn't have gotten anything better. Anything better than Chiefs Chargers week two. So, you know, I'm hoping that Herbert looks good. I'm hoping Mahomes looks good. We we just want a good back-and-forth game, high-scoring with these two teams at least, high-scoring, great plays, big plays. Um, and, and I think we're going to get it. But, again, Keenan Allen being out, that might work against the Chargers. But then again, it might not. Herbert was able to spread the ball last week. He, I think he threw, what, three, 275, three touchdowns, no picks. So, um, well, and obviously we, we know what Mahomes did. Uh, what was he, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the in the first game of the season. And that'll do it for the preview next week. End of the week, we'll be back to recap that Thursday night football game and preview the weekend games of week two. We'll get the debt-free pick three back. We're 2-1 last week. You know, the Jags were the only team that couldn't cover that two-and-a-half-point spread. They they were close. I thought they were going to win that game. But Carson Wentz somehow tapped into what he looked like in Philly before prior to those injuries and led Washington to that win. But we had Detroit. They covered three-and-a-half, plus three-and-a-half. And then the Miami Dolphins covered their the, their spread as well, minus three-and-a-half. So um, we'll, we'll have those picks at the end of the week. But now the clutch player of the week Cade York I know we had a Chris Boswell as well kick a game-winning field goal as time expired in overtime but we got to give it to the rookie hasn't been here before biggest stage 58 yarder to deny Baker Mayfield a win against his former team of this year you know getting traded in the offseason in the preseason uh, so kind of sticking it to Baker because Baker wanted it. He said he was going to F him up, and he looked good in the second half. If they would have got off to a quicker start, they might have had a chance against Cleveland, but Jacoby Brissett somehow able to get 40 yards on that last drive and set up Cade York, which, man, his kick looked like it was going to be wide right, and he put enough English on that thing to curl back in right between the posts. And the Cleveland Browns, this is – what they needed, they need to kind of level the ship until Deshaun Watson comes back from his suspension in Week 11 against the Texans. Um, you know, if Jacoby Brissett could somehow steady the ship and keep them right, and maybe you know they just need to be above 500. But again, I still don't know if that's going to be enough because Watson, we saw in the preseason, was very rusty, very rusty. He didn't look too good, and I think that's going to continue. I don't know. I don't really think he's going to be right until next year. He's just missed too much football, too too many regular season games, game speed, um, for him to figure it out on the fly in week 11 on the rest of the season. But 
the Clutch Player of the Week going to Cade York. And that's going to do it for us today, taking you out the final play with Mikey Clutch. Have a good rest of your week until Thursday Night Football. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.